Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,149. I'd like to see myself in that role as being like a kind of a renaissance man. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I'm revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, calling in all the way from the United Kingdom, Jeff Bollum. Hey, Jeff, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? I certainly am. Absolutely great. Jeff Bollum is an automotive artist who comes from a long line of artists going back five generations with a distant relation to the great William Morris. An early fascination with cars and machines was nurtured by his father, Dennis, who was a marine engineer who taught little Jeff how to work on cars. Trained as a graphic designer, he was a freelance illustrator and lettering artist who became a creative director and design consultant in central London for nearly 20 years. And then Jeff started painting for pleasure in 2005 and made a transition to full-time painting in 2014. His unique style of painting oils onto aluminum panels using various surface treatments, including etching and polishing and wire brush techniques, is really unique. His work has been featured in numerous automotive magazines. For the last three years, his art has been selected for the RAC's Art of Motoring exhibition, which showcases the finest artists working in the genre. I had the pleasure of meeting Jeff and enjoying his artwork at Automobilia Monterey this past summer. So Jeff, I've told our listeners just a little bit about you. Would you take a very brief moment, share a little more about your career and passion for automobiles and artwork before we jump into the questions? Sure. Okay, I'll do my best. Um, yeah, so so actually you covered it quite a lot there in, in the preamble. So I had a background in design. I'd been brought up around cars, always had a, a kind of a thing for them, sports cars and old cars. And, and the, the thing I really loved about cars was not so much the racing side of them, uh, the kind of the competition side, but more the design. So coming from a design background, it was always the best looking cars that I was really attracted to. So, you know, during my career, I kind of got to a point where it was starting to wear a little bit thin, especially the commute into London. And I was kind of looking for something else to do. And I, I kind of starting to think about what I was going to do, you know, post-career, Painting cars was obviously a kind of a natural direction to go in. I think people sometimes say, you know, do you do other stuff? And and I do, but cars are my passion. And the thing that they say about writing, which is write what you know, is a bit the same for painting as well. It's really good um, to paint what you know. So, for instance, I don't know anything about horses, so I, I wouldn't do a great job of painting a horse. And somebody who paints horses wouldn't do a great job of painting a car because you kind of have to know what you're painting to actually be able to to get it right, particularly when you're talking to customers customers about their cars and they're talking about two-eared and three-eared spinners and that kind of stuff. You have to kind of know what that's all about to uh, to be able to understand and read properly. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so glad I got to meet you because a lot of my guests I don't get to meet face-to-face. I meet them through email or the phone or, or Skype or things like that. But when I was walking through uh, Automobilia there, uh, Tony Singer's wonderful uh, start to the car week there in Monterey, and I came up on your artwork, I, it really stopped me because it is so different. It is so unique, and I'm really grateful that we got to shake hands and say hello, and I got to see firsthand what you're doing. And I also love the fact that at this point in your life, you're transitioning into a new career, a career that you're really passionate about, 
And that's really fantastic too. And as we continue on your journey, I always like to start by asking my guests for a success quote or a mantra. This is some kind of saying that's been important to you, and it's a nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on Cars Yeah. So, Jeff, take the wheel. Well, I was thinking about this, and to be honest, I'm not sure if I have a mantra as such, but I think um, one of the things that I've always been interested in is the kind of the idea of the Renaissance man. So that is someone who who basically has interest in lots of different things, in science, in art, in literature, uh, in images, and um, and music. I, I kind of see, I'd like to see myself in that role as being like a kind of a Renaissance man. Very nice. I like that. The idea of, uh, I want to be a Renaissance man or think like a Renaissance man, someone that's very well-rounded, right? That, well, that's what I'd aspire to. I'm not. I'm, I'm perhaps maybe. Um, it's quite a tough thing to do. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, but but uh, I say, you know, I'm interested in science. Um, I'm obviously interested in art and music, um, and I kind of get involved in all of those things whenever I can. So you know, I have a lot of different passions, and obviously, cars is one of them. But um, and art is another. Music's another. You know, so so that's always been like a um, that kind of idea has always really appealed to me. Well, and the other thing that it brings to mind is uh, a constant passion for learning and learning about other things and understanding other things across cultures, across life. And of course, art does that in a very wonderful way. It kind of brings people together in a sense. So I think that's a fantastic thing to strive for. Well, let's go back in time because I mentioned in my intro for you that your father, Dennis, was a marine engineer and that he he helped you and taught you how to work on cars and things. Is there a story you can share that instigated your passion for cars when you knew you were going to be a car guy? Um, well, I guess, um, I mean, there, there's a few moments, obviously. Um, certainly, when I, just after I learned to drive, I never told my dad this, but of course, I, I used to drive the family car. And being kind of about 18 years old, I used to thrash it quite hard. And I think I overthrashed it one day and uh, and it didn't like it. And the next day when my dad got in the car to drive it to work, it wouldn't start. And uh, <laughs> and um, to cut a long story short, I'd, I'd done something fairly serious to it. And so um, so he, he kind of managed to scrounge another car from a friend. And then I felt duty bound to help him figure out what had gone wrong with the car. So um, so basically we took the engine out of the car and the gearbox and over the course of about three or four months we re- we rebuilt the engine and the gearbox so i learned a lot in that process one about not to thrash cars yes if you want to carry on running and <laughs> yes. the other thing and the other one was about putting them back together again if you do thrash them and how much hard work it is so that was good and then the other thing you know i'll always be very grateful for my dad and my mum actually was that they you know they they wanted me to kind of know how things worked and so if i if i'd take something apart which used to be something i did a lot you know if a clock stopped working i'd take it apart and of course be completely unable to get it back together again so <laughs> yeah clocks are tough to, yeah so I'd, you know kind of have to fess up to the to the fact that some some treasured item around the house had I'd taken it to pieces and couldn't Uh-oh. get it back together again. <laughs> but my dad um he bought home a pump engine uh in bits he bought home this this pump engine that he used to work and we kind of uh, i learned how to put that back together on the kitchen table so my mum was great at kind of you know allowing me to rebuild an engine on the kitchen table and my wow, dad was yeah. great at taking me through that process <laughs> <laughs> you had a great mom that's for sure <laughs> uh, yeah great mum and a great dad i was very lucky in that regard. yeah yeah well it, it is it's great when when parents encourage kids even when it comes to taking stuff apart not quite getting them back together 
I think I, I think I did that quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So nowadays, when I take things apart, more or less, I, I can usually put them back together. And, and I think you, you know, you learn you, you learn from those mistakes, obviously. Yeah, yeah that's now, called seat time. <laughs> mm, and I kind of also know what my limitations are as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I think that's a great movie line. I think Clint Eastwood, a man's got to know his limitations. So I might have my movies wrong, but I think the saying is appropriate no matter what you're involved in. Let's take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and talk about a big challenge or a big failure you face because uh, these are wonderful learning lessons for us. Uh, They help us know where to go and more importantly, where not to go. So maybe walk us through one of those. Tell us how that experience helped you gain even more momentum as you move forward in your career, your business, or your life. Okay, well, so the the one I was thinking about was actually to do with the, my transition from my design career into into my kind of current career, which is you know doing automotive art. Because I I kind of had this idea that I wanted to paint cars, and I started looking into it. And of course, there are a lot of really good automotive artists around, some really stunning ones, and it's a very competitive field. And and I kind of knew instinctively that I I would need to have a different approach to everyone else. I, I didn't wouldn't want to copy anyone else but you can um it's quite difficult to kind of come up with something that's that's new and different and i I literally had a kind of a light bulb moment when i was thinking about a composition that that i'd been thinking about how to um how to represent a car all round so so if you had a really fabulous car i I kind of thought that a a three-quarter view or a front view or a side view wouldn't do it you'd actually need to have different views so um so I had this idea of a kind of a composition com- composed of multiple uh, elements, and I was visualizing that in my mind. And I was thinking, well, you know, would that be like a Mondrian, where you had kind of these different images in boxes? Oh, uh, yeah. And, it, and if they were in kind of boxes or in panels, what would be between the panels? Would it be bare canvas? Or would it be painted black or will it be painted white or a color? And then kind of in my mind's eye, I kind of visualized metal. And this was in the middle of the night. This was about three o'clock in the morning oh when, I, <laughs> when I was thinking about this. And it was actually on the day I finished my last contract. So I'd kind of been thinking about, you know, am I going to do something? They're going to go back and get another contract when I finish this one or, or try this, this idea around art. So I was thinking about it a lot. And um and at that kind of moment, this idea of painting on metal came into my head. And so I went to sleep on that. And then when I woke up in the morning, um, I kind of got my phone out and started looking up um, how to paint onto aluminium. Wow. And then I found out that um, David Hockney had done it, was one of the first people, and, and that it could be done, but there was a lot of challenges. And so that kind of set me off on a kind of six-month journey of exploration really is to understand how to paint onto aluminium and i hadn't really decided how i was going to do it but i kind of settled on oils um and so yeah so that was a a big journey and then the whole thing around polishing it and etching it and and all of that stuff has all been um a big learning curve and and actually i'm still learning still learning and still experimenting pretty well on every painting that i do well they're so unique and seeing them and i didn't realize david hockney another english painter of course uh who I didn't realize he did that. You know, my father took us as kids to a lot of art shows and, and exposed us to a lot of art. He was an artist. He was an architect. And I, my first career, first 11 years of my career was in graphic design and advertising. So uh, okay. yeah. I was always wrapped up in that, but I didn't realize he did that. But I really think it's cool that you, you took a whole nother direction. And the neat thing about your art to me is it's on metal and cars are typically metal. Of course, there's carbon composite and fiberglass, but 
Yeah, I love the way you've combined all these different things and the fact that it's always a work in progress, always innovative, always changing. And uh, I'll remind our artists, I'll put a link to Jeff's page, his website page. You can go see his art, but you really have to see it in person as well because it is really, really cool. And again, you stopped me in my tracks as I was walking through Automobile. I'm like, this is very different. Tell me about what you're doing here. So I'm so glad that we connected, and and I appreciate you sharing that transition, too. I think this is really important for listeners who are at a point in life where they either want to change their careers or they're kind of coming up to retirement, but they they know that, and I know this from talking to over a 1,000 people, sitting around, retiring and just sitting around is the kiss of death. You have to find something new to do, to wake up to, and create, and uh, I think that's really fantastic what you're doing, Jeff. Let's shift gears and talk about a big aha moment. I think you kind of touched on one right there. I did actually. Yeah, I kind yeah. of bubbled out my my stories there. But um, yeah, that that probably was the um, you know, the moment of of that kind of uh, genesis when I was laying in bed thinking about the project. That is probably the only really significant light bulb moment I've ever had in my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm glad you did. Uh, it's it's really really cool work. Let's talk a little bit about cars. Now, I know that Jeff has owned a succession of sports cars. He's had Alfa Romeos, Peugeot 205 GTI, a Golf GTI, Renault 5 Turbo. There's a theme here with sports cars. A Subaru, a WRX. I know you have an MGB Roadster and Aston Martins and even a scruffy old VW Bay Window camper van. But is what's the first really special car in your life? And maybe share a story about that. Well, it it was the Alfetta um, GTV actually. I just started kind of freelancing as a as a designer, and and, and back this was back in the kind of the late seventies, and and um, actually freelance designers were in demand then because this was before computers came along. So to be a designer, you had to be able to draw, and of course that's a kind of a, a selective process. Not everyone can draw, so that creates uh, some difference between who can be a graphic designer and who can't. That that kind of boundary's gone now because you can draw on a computer, so so actually you don't need to be able to draw in the way you used to be able to. So I, I was earning good money and I was driving along one day uh, and I had a, an even scruffier old VW van at the time and uh, a bay window, but I, I just got a girlfriend and I kind of thought I need to um, need to upgrade from the scruffy van to a sports car. So I saw this Alfa Romeo and I thought, I want one of those. And it was the Gijaro styled um, Alfetta GTV. Um, nice. Car, two liter engine, uh, you know, and it kind of stole my heart. So I bought one of those, um, only 18 months old, seemingly, you know, like a new car. And I love driving it. It kind of also broke my heart because they rusted away, um, and within about four years, um, it had kind of it was so rusty that actually it was it was really more or less a scrapper. <laughs> wow! Yeah. Uh, it's the weather in the UK is not kind to cars and the salt right. on the roads. And um, yeah. and the thing is that the guy who I bought it from had actually had it professionally rust proofed. Oh and wow! So he thought it was going to be that would be it. But what what no one knew at the time is that Alfa Romeo were making cars out of imported steel that was recycled. And so the steel actually had rust in it when it was... Oh, no. Yes. So the metal metal was kind of rusting from inside. You know, it was rusty, rusty probably the minute it came out of the uh, factory. Came with the tin worms as an... as yeah. an option. Yeah, came with the Timberland. So that kind of car was, was a kind of a great love and a, and a great disappointment at the same time. Yeah. Well, I've heard that about a lot of Alphas. Now, I know uh, Sports Car Markets editor Keith Martin's a friend of mine. He's been on the show, and he's probably wincing a little bit right now because he just loves those cars. And 
But he's probably also going, yeah, I know, I know. I've dealt with enough of that. So he's restored enough of those cars. How about Settler's Remorse? Is there a story in your your, uh, garage about Settler's Remorse, a car you wish you had back? Uh, yeah, I, I think probably the Renault 5 Turbo actually would be the car that um, made a real impression on me. I didn't have it for all that long, but it had the most incredible feel to it. It was like a, a kind of like a small racing car, small steering wheel, and the, just the kind of the, um, the dynamic feel of it, the way the accelerator pedal and the brakes and the clutch and the gearbox felt. It was, it was a small car, and it kind of felt like part of your body, and I think that was the first time i got in the car and thought wow you know this is really tremendous and it just felt like really chuckable and glued to the road and um, and very quick as well very exciting to drive so they've, they've um, got a cool looking stance those cars yeah they really do yeah and it was black as well and um oh. and yeah so that was a that was a lovely car really enjoyed that nice well i would love for you to share with our listeners what has you excited and fired up right now about your artwork and what you're creating these days well, um, I think it's the case with a lot of people that, you know, you think, is there a particular project that I'm really excited about? And I, I'm excited about all of them, but I think it's also true that, that I'm always excited about the next one, the kind of, you know, after, so after the ones that I know about, it's the kind of the next one after that that I'm really excited about. I've kind of, um, I'm kind of nursing this um, this ambition to to do something to put into the Royal Academy Summer Exhibition. I have a hunch that car art won't cut it. Traditional galleries tend to kind of look down rather on um, on representational art. Uh, so I've kind of got it in mind to do something which might be a little bit more abstract uh, and less representational. And I've kind of, my work is very precise. Um, so naturally, the stuff that I really admire is the things where it looks like the paint's more or less been thrown at the canvas. And so, <laughs> and so, <laughs> so one of these days I'm going to kind of clear out my gallery and uh, clear out my studio and kind of line it with polythene and, um, and and get a big sheet of aluminium up and kind of try throwing some paint out. A little Jackson yeah. Pollock action going on here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Everyone whether you're talking about you know whatever creative pursuit you do you you tend to be naturally drawn towards doing things in a particular way and my my thing has always been i've loved detail and so that's what i'm naturally drawn to but actually the stuff that i admire conversely also includes a lot of things which are the exact opposite of that where where you know where the artist has literally kind of gone a bit mad with a paintbrush because secretly i'd aspire to do that <laughs> well don't pull a vince van Gogh on us but um you know, this is a very interesting transition and in having grown up with a father who was an artist and he did very much the same thing. Being an architect, everything's very precise. He studied, you know, engineering and, but he painted a lot. And as he got older, he started transitioning into abstract more and more. And that's a very, yeah, it's a very common thing, I think. And you know, yeah. you studied art. Many artists and, and a lot of people who know famous artists who think of them as abstract had no idea they could really draw real things. You know, because that's where they started. That's true. In fact, I was looking, um, a friend of mine um, was in, um, I think it's Sweden. He was in Sweden, certainly in one of the Nordic countries. And um, he was at the National Exhibition. And he sent me a picture of the painting by uh, Alfred Monk of The Scream. You know, that's the first time I've kind of seen, I've looked, seen many images of it. But this was a photograph of it in the frame. And it, it looked really great. But it was incredible how loosely painted it was. Um, almost kind of quite amateurish in a way. So then I look back at some of his work, and of course, it turns out that he was a fantastically talented painter. That was an example of him 
completely forgetting about all the technique that he'd been taught and just really painting from an emotional place, not not painting with his head at all, but painting with emotion. That image is incredible. And, and one of the most recognizable images in the world of art, I would think now. Absolutely. Yeah, it's very, very interesting to me where the artist comes from, where he grows into, and where he ends up. And it sounds like you're on a very nice trajectory there, Jeff. So I look forward to I look forward to this paint throwing that you're going to be doing. I want you to uh, have your, uh, I think it was your lovely wife I met at Automobile. Yes, was she there was, with you? Yes, yes, yeah. And uh, I want her to set up a little uh, video camera so we can see some of this stuff in action <laughs> and send me this. I think it'll be kind of fun to watch just yeah. cut loose and go crazy. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> very nice, very nice. Well, here's a very introspective question, Jeff. If, if you woke up tomorrow and you were a car sitting in the garage, what would you be? Well, that's that's a really interesting question, and and I gave that a bit of thought. Then I, I think the thing is that um, I'm actually quite a kind of a shy person on some levels, but also uh, I like to show off a little bit. So that's that's a kind of a, an interesting combination. So, for instance, I'm I'm very shy, but I play in a band, and uh, and I've been playing. Oh. In I've been I've been playing in a band for years, and I still get nervous before I play every time. I get very uh -huh. nervous. So I have that kind of contradiction of, of wanting to show off and being very shy at the same time. So I think if I was a car, I might be something like a rat rod, which is actually very discreet and perhaps a bit scruffy on the outside. But when mm -hmm. you lift the hood under the bonnet, it's kind of really nice. And there's a nice throbbing V8 in there or something of that sort. Nicely said. I like the way you went down that path. That was very, very good. Now, you play in a band. What kind of instrument do you play? Um, well, I play guitar mainly, um, bass some of the time. And, um, yeah, I have a, have a band, um, and we do kind of instrumental, uh, kind of like jazzy, rocky, um, yeah. fusion-y kind of music. Cool. Very cool. I grew up playing the guitar as well, so something else you and I share. Very cool. Well, Jeff, up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Everyone who knows me knows I'm really picky when it comes to my cars and keeping them looking new. I'm a huge fan of Covercraft floor mats. I've protected my vehicle with their products for decades. Want to keep your vehicle's interior looking new? It's easy with Covercraft floor mats. They will protect your vehicle's factory carpets from daily abuse, weather, pets, children, weekend adventures, and those everyday spills. It's a fast, easy, and stylish way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft floor mats come in a wide variety of styles, materials, and configurations, all designed for maximum protection. In addition to Premier Plush and Berber Custom Floor Mats, you'll also find cargo liners, canine cargo area liners, dash covers, and sunscreens. Enhance your vehicle's looks while protecting the factory finishes with easy-to-install and easy-to-clean floor mats. Covercraft is the right choice. Learn more today at Covercraft.com and tell them Mark at Cars Yeah sent you. That's Covercraft.com. What's every automotive enthusiast dream? To design and build that perfect garage. My friends at Metron Garage are a group of creative talents who've combined their passion for cars with their careers in architecture. Their service includes unique garage design and state-of-the-art fabrication. They will create the coolest custom garage for you and your vehicles. Metron Garage's system features fully engineered commercial-grade material and structural framing that's stronger than traditional construction. Their designs are pre-engineered to meet your building codes for fast, bolt-together construction. With over 25 years of experience, you'll see a 3D rendering to visualize your custom garage 
and the Fidel structure will fulfill all your storage needs. Contact Metron Garage today and begin realizing your dream garage. Go to metrongarage.com. That's metrongarage.com. Garages built for discerning enthusiasts. Where it's not just a garage, it's where your dream garage comes true. Okay, Jeff, we are back, and we're entering the last lap in that rat rod, playing our guitars, having a good old time. This is where I fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So here we go. Well, what's the best automotive advice you've ever received? Well, I, I think around restoration, I've done, done a few restorations now, and um, and I think generally speaking, they always, they're always going to take at least twice as long as you think they're going to. But if it's a car like an Aston Martin, then think in terms of four times longer than you think it is. <laughs> yeah. And three times the cost you budgeted for Absolutely. <laughs> as well. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Oh, oh, gosh. Yeah. I've heard that story many times. Would you share one of your personal habits you believe has contributed to your many successes? Um, I, I think actually a lot of it has to do with being quite stubborn. I don't like to think that I'm, uh, I might need to, uh, you have to find a balancing line between being stubborn to the point where you actually get yourself into more trouble and stubborn to the point where actually you, you kind of see through problems. So so ah. it's a bit of a balancing act, but certainly being a little bit stubborn, I think is quite a good thing. <laughs> would you share one of your, uh, a resource that you're really fond of that you think our listeners would enjoy? Well, what I would say is that I, I think um, people seem to think I think I do as well. You know, the internet uh, and the web is a is a fantastic resource. But actually, I think the thing that people are overlooking to some extent is books. When you, if you're researching something, and I'm, I'm always kind of researching stuff, you know, the first place to turn to is online, and you and you kind of think there's a lot of good resources out there. And when you start looking really hard, you realise that actually some of the resources aren't that good, and some of the information is inaccurate. So, um, so what I tend to do now is use more book because I think if you get a book or a couple of books on the subject because they're in print the authors have taken you know enormous painstaking efforts to make sure that the um, the information is correct so I, I would say if you want to find out about something go and get some books yeah i would agree and that that leads me to a question i asked all my guests about a book that you're really fond of is there one you'd like to share yeah there's some um, so i'm just letting the dog out of the door <laughs> That's okay. He if needs to go a, outside. Absolutely. You can hear a little bit of a whimpering noise in the background. I heard something in the background. Yeah. I wondered what that was, but uh, no okay. problem. So dog's gone out now. Um, <laughs> Good. Yeah. So uh, yeah, really nice uh, book that I that I I do uh, I read a little while ago and I really enjoy it. Is the Moss um, Sterling Moth Authorized Biography. Mm, um, yeah, that's a, that's a really lovely book, and um, yeah. and again, that thing about having tenacity in the face of adversity, um, you know, comes up again and again when you read books by people like that. Absolutely, wonderful man. I've had the pleasure of meeting several times. Now, if I could wave a magic wand and arrange for you to have a drink with anyone in the automotive industry, living or deceased, who would it be? Uh, well, I think it would either be Ettore uh, Bugatti or one who's alive would be Gujarro. Uh, uh, as a designer, I really admire his work. And, and when I was growing up, you know, when I was kind of um, in those formative years, actually the job I would have loved to have had would have been as a car designer. So, you know, that didn't happen. I didn't end up being a car designer. And unfortunately, at the time that I was growing up, the um, English car manufacturers, by and large, made horrendous cars. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> 
And uh, but the Italians, the Italians knew how to make some really beautiful ones. Yeah. And um, so yeah, Shishiro would be right up there, and alongside you know that the other the other great designers of that Ed period. Dory, yeah. Wouldn't it be interesting to have both those gentlemen at the table? Oh, wow. Well, yeah. And, and just sit back and listen to them speak. That would be wonderful. Well. Listeners, you can find links to all these great resources Jeff has shared on his Cars yeah show notes page. Just go to CarsYeah.com, type in Jeff, and he spells his name G-E-O-F-F, and his last name is Bolam, B-O-L-A-M, and you can find everything right there. All right, Jeff, we're up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a bit of a doozy. Today, I'm going to buy you any cool collector car on the planet, but there are a couple rules to this game. One is money's no object, so you can have anything you like today. The other one is you have to drive it. No garage queens. And the third rule is you cannot sell it to buy a bunch of other cars with. You've got to live with it and enjoy it. So pick carefully, my friend. Okay. Well, I think it might be a Mura Lamborghini Mura. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Lamborghini Mura, um, fabulous looking cars. And I think that there might be one convertible version, one or two perhaps. Um, so a convertible Mura would be the one. And um, and I'll be very happy to hang on that forever. Well, I would think so. Well, not only did you choose quite a pricey car, but then you went to the convertible, which, yeah, <laughs> very rare. I, I think I've seen one on the lawn at Pebble. I'll have to go back through my photographs. But, you know, I'm not surprised that you picked that car because it is one of the most beautifully designed cars, in my humble opinion, that ever existed. Definitely a bucket list car. If I could pick, you know, a top five, it would be a Mura. They are just so spectacular, and uh, I, I love, too, that they did a lot of wild things with the colors. What color would you like yours yeah. to be? Oh, well, okay, that's another good one. Again, I've seen a picture of this car. I haven't actually seen it in the flesh, and and it wasn't the convertible, but gold. Um, I saw a, I saw one in a kind of a, like a, a kind of a yellowy gold color, and it looked absolutely spectacular. No doubt. So if I, could I have it resprayed then? So if I if I get the convertible mirror and actually it doesn't come in gold, can I can we have it resprayed to gold? You please? know what? Today you can have anything you want, Jeff. So uh, no problem. I've, I know some great painters here. There's a guy named John Byers here in the Pacific Northwest that is probably one of the best painters on the planet. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll ship that car to him, and then we'll uh, ship it over to uh, across the pond to uh, your part of the world, and uh, you'll have to take me for a countryside drive there in the United Kingdom. Wouldn't that be wonderful? Oh, my gosh. Well, Jeff, you've taken us on a great ride today. I really enjoyed your stories. I want to thank you for sharing your automotive artistic journey with Cars Yeah. Could you offer us a parting piece of wisdom or guidance as you drive off into the English countryside in that convertible gold Lamborghini Mira, yeah, too. I think that um, I've been, you know, I, I think about these kind of things quite a lot, and um, I had a long career in the uh, kind of advertising and design industry. And one thing it took me a long time to figure out is that actually work is is important and um, and it's satisfying, but actually at the end of the day especially in the advertising industry, most of the stuff that you do eventually ends up in a landfill site. It's kind of transitory and you get yourself very worked up about delivering this project and making sure it's the best thing ever, but it, it, it doesn't last. It is actually really quite fleeting. So the thing I think you should put way above work um, 
in many ways is your family and friends because whatever happens at the end of the day when the work's all finished your family and friends will still be there for you nicely said absolutely true and what's the best way for our listeners to follow along with you and learn more about your art so i have a website at www.jeffbolam.com and uh, i also have uh, a facebook page um, which um, is Jeff Bolam Automotive Fine Art. There we go. Well, I'll make sure listeners, I put links to those on Jeff's show notes page. Remember, Jeff spells his name that funny English way, G-E-O-F-F. <laughs> I told Jeff at the beginning of our show, I had a good friend who uh, growing up who spelled his name that way. So uh, it was easy for me to know how to pronounce that. But Jeff Bolam, B-O-L-A-M, just go to carsyeah.com, type in Jeff. And you'll find his page right there. I encourage you to check out what Jeff is doing. Very unique. Very cool. I can't wait to see the next transition in your artwork creativity when you start throwing paint around. That sounds like a lot of fun. Thank you, Jeff, for being so generous today with your time, your expertise, and for sharing your experiences with the Cars yeah audience. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you down the road. Great. Thanks very much, Mark. It's been my pleasure. Pleasure's all mine. You take care of your cars, but who takes care of your investments? Tune-ups aren't just for engines. Updating your financial plan is important, too. Your GPS may take you from A to B, but it won't help you on the road to financial freedom. For that, you need a good co-pilot and a very trusted advisor. Chris Kimball, CFP, is just the man for the job. He'll guide you down that road without driving you crazy. For over 25 years, Chris has helped people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. With a master's degree in financial services, he is eminently qualified, and he's a car guy too. Learn more at chrisvkimble.com or call 866-ON-A-PLAN. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member FINRA SIPC. CK Financial Services is not affiliated with Money Concepts Capital Corp. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah.